there, listener, and welcome back to another episode of I Statement. I'm your host, Angela, and today I have two very special guests with me, my amigos from Spain. You all want to introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, I'm, um, my name's Kati Pancorvo, and I'm a senior at the University of Houston. And I'm Hunter. Uh, I'm uh, actually from a small town in rural Kentucky, and I just graduated from the University of Southern Indiana. So exciting. Celebration for Hunter. So yeah, everyone, Hunter and Katya are joining me today on the podcast. We met in Granada, Spain, where we studied abroad through CEA, and we have been buddies ever since. It's been a great, it's been a great friendship. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm super surprised that all of us just like, out of pure random events, went like at the same time during the coronavirus and everything, but like still was able to enjoy as much time as we can before everything was shut down. No, I totally agree. And the chemistry of the group, we all seem to click super well. Like even the folks who started a couple weeks early on like the early start program and just had more Spanish immersion when we came, like it was so seamless and smooth. It was so fun. Yeah. Where would you say was your favorite part? Oh, gosh. I think probably our trip to Ronda. That was a great day. Oh, that place is gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. What about yours, Hunter? Uh, I don't know. I really, like, of course I loved our city, but I really loved uh, going to Malaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love the beach there and just, like, I don't know. I just love the beach vibes and... Also, like, hearing all, like, the British people that live there, since, like, we kind of learned that a lot of, like, the British people tend to either move down there or vacation down there in Malaga. Old British people. They retire (laughs) there. Yeah, it was very a retirement uh, place. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, for my listeners who don't know, Malaga is a coastal city in southern Spain, and it's called the Costa del Sol. It's the sunniest place on Earth, right? Oh, yeah, and it's gorgeous. The, it's beautiful. The water is, like, crystal clear blue. It has kind of, like, that black, uh, brown sand. Mm-hmm. It's really nice, yeah. And the seafood is to die for. <laughs> it's so good. And most importantly, there's a nude beach. <laughs> yes, there are many nude beaches <laughs> in Malaga. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I wanted to go to one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't really within walking distance of the like bus station from like Granada to Malaga. Like we just yeah. R- Ryan and I ended up like going to Malaga together and we couldn't swing it, but it's a beautiful city. There's so much culture and tourist like was attractions. Picasso, like um like that was the city he grew up in? Yes. Oh I yeah, I was so. like seeing like a whole bunch of Picasso references. Yeah, my favorite, I think my favorite city would have to be the um, Sevilla and the Alcazar, just because mm-hmm. Game of Thrones was filmed there. And <laughs> no kidding. Like my favorite family in Game of Thrones was, uh, oh, dang, no. That was, like, my favorite part once we got outside and, like, outside of the Catedral and got to see them, like, flying around the gardens. It was so pretty. Yeah. Oh, honestly, I, I actually really miss my teachers there. Like... My, uh, whenever you were talking in the Machista uh, podcast, you were described the 
uh, the diversity of Spanish in the world mm-hmm. um, class, right? And uh, did you have that one teacher? Oh, gosh, I forgot her name. Rosa Torres? Yes, yes. I yes. loved she her. Awesome. She's amazing. So knowledgeable. And, yeah, I still use a bunch of the knowledge that I learned in those classes, like, every day, more than, like, I kind of do in my classes at, in the university. Yeah. Like, for me, um, political science in Spain and that class really helped me like shape my worldview of Spain in um, more of a international sense, like global uh, in their relations, yeah, in the world. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome, and I I definitely have those sentiments as well. And I connected with one of my professors on LinkedIn, and I just got a notification that she's been at the university at the CLMA for twenty five years. Wow! Yeah, what uh, Maria Angeles uh, La Molda oh, Gonzalez. No, yeah, she did grammar for levels I think five and six, so okay. you wouldn't have had her. <laughs> but <laughs> Katya over here is like a native. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, uh, what's it called? I wish it's just like each time I speak, they're like, "Oh, you sound so American." I'm like, "Oh gosh, I'm sorry." So <laughs> it, it got so bad that this semester I actually took a linguist a linguistics course uh, mm. just so I could like um, better my speech so I didn't sound so American and um, let's just say I'm at the same point of where I started <laughs> it's like it's hard to practice when everything's online you know oh just, yeah. like just give us worksheets and that's it and like I try to use it in my everyday speaking but like I don't I can't hear it if I get it wrong right you know? well that was like the transition going home having to transition online with oh, five yeah. classes in Spanish, that was the most wild academic time of my life. Just trying to yeah. navigate like, okay, how do I write this? How do I take this test? How do I ask my professor this? And like yeah, coordinate yeah. over Skype. You know, something I kind of discussed with both of you, something that I hate that I acquired from Spain and like, don't get me wrong, I like love the Spain Spanish, but like, I literally cannot stop talking with the list. <laughs> they don't even talk with the list. I don't know where you extrapolated <laughs> that from. And I was like, Hunter, no, yeah, especially when I went to go see you. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it, like, it's not very accentuated, you know? Right, what I mean? right. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely a new accent for me, but I feel like oh yeah, to feel more a part of Granada, I think we all kind of like took on the lisp and like the ow and the like yeah, all of the yeah. Oh no! Oh my gosh! I say a lot now. I say vale a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of never lost that either. Hunter and I call each other Tio all the time. Like that's like that's the one I overuse is Tio so much. Well, I remember. I remember getting there and, like, guai being, like, the new word that I was, like, introduced <laughs> yeah, yeah, to. <laughs> and I kept using it all the time and thinking of it, like, I haven't used it much since. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember I was, like, uh, in our uh, drive through and, like, this, this uh, dude started speaking Spanish to me. And, like, I started speaking Spanish back to him. And I was, like, I called him Tio on accident. He, he got up to the window. He was, like, dude, why you call me uncle, man? I'm just, like, oh, it's just because I lived in Spain. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that truly, like, exemplifies the differences in Spanish all around the world. 
That was probably my favorite class. Like, we took a class called La Diversidad del Español en el Mundo, like, so the diversity of Spanish in the world, and you really don't realize it until you look into that linguistic history and figure out, like, what pockets of people influenced X region and, like, how they've, like, cross-connected over the centuries. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, especially, like, you know how small Spain is, and then they Mm -hmm. just have, like, 27 different varieties of like accents yeah oh my gosh yeah like I had a friend who studied in Bilbao and we were talking about those differences just between the north and the south and he was like yeah I would never say half of the stuff that y'all say in Granada and Seville and like all of southern Spain and that's just so cool (laughs) yeah I remember when I first got there I did I didn't understand basically anything and like I, I speak Spanish like I speak Spanish well and this it's because the Andalusian accent is just like so thick yeah. where they have a lot of feature linguistic features that are different from the rest of the um, country and I was just like it took me a while to like tune my ear to it and um, I don't know but it, it was like interesting because in my linguistics class they do like talk about the Andalusian accent and compared to the rest of Spain because Mm -hmm. of how different it is. I was always told by my local friends, if you can speak Spanish here and understand us, you'll be good anywhere else you go. Doesn't matter if it's Central America, (laughs) South America, Northern Spain, Central Spain, like you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, no, Spain was, Spain was great. And thinking back, I, I kind of, it's not even like a deja vu feeling, but I get the sense like, was I really there for seven weeks? Like, was that actually, did that actually happen? Did we go hike Los Cajoros, like, (laughs) for a whole day? (laughs) Yeah, that was so much fun. What a time. Yeah, that was, like, a complete other landscape that I couldn't even conceptualize if I haven't seen it. Like, it was just breathtakingly beautiful. And the fact that we had to stop our hike because there were bulls in the way, like, barn bulls, like, what? it doesn't get any more Spanish than that, you know? Not at all. This whole time, we were like, what does that bell sound like? What is that? Well, there's bulls in the way. Ringing in the distance with dogs, like, circling around us, then going over to them, and getting shooed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just miss the, the aspect of the park being able to walk everywhere and just like meet up with your friends just at like these hole in the wall like cool little like coffee shops and places. I really miss that part of Spain. La finca. La finca, yes. It's, it's interesting <laughs> like, that y'all, yeah, like bring up food because I was actually talking in my global studies class yesterday about how food is such like obviously an important part of culture. But I don't really feel like I explored Southern Spain through food that much. I explored it more through place and interactions, I think. Tell me at least you had the cod with the red sauce. (gasps) That's a a classic. Oh, my God. I know. Salsa roja or something like that. I know. I didn't I didn't eat out like that much. I was trying to recount the amount of times I went to a restaurant in Spain. Oh, wait, no, you're vegan. Oh. <laughs> that too. Yeah. I was like I was fully plant-based and I had when when Franny Heather and I went out to um one of the bars. It was one of the, like the chain ones. There were a couple locations. Uh they had like goat cheese on top of like a crostini kind of, and I tried that. 
Oh. That's it. Like, okay. we didn't eat out that much. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I don't know. For for being a vegan, that does different, definitely limit you a little bit with the food because, like, what what are they known for? Like, the... <laughs> meat? Uh, cheese? Yeah, the meat? Shellfish? <laughs> yeah, and all seafood. Yeah. Right there. So, I mean, oh, well, tell me at least you had the olives. I, see, that's the other thing. Is I don't really love olives. I know, but like, so I know, but olive oil. Oh, perfect. Driving through those no. olive groves, beautiful. But, uh, but have you, you tried the olives there, right? I think I did once. I'm just not a big olive girl. Okay, because I, I don't like olives here because mm. they are different. True. They are very different. And I will say this to everyone who hasn't tried Spain <laughs> olives because I hated olives here. They're very salty, vinegary, you know, very like that. Briny, like, like Yeah. And then olives in Spain, they're just like perfect olive oil flavor. Like they're just super unami tastes. <laughs> like they're awesome. Like I, I really enjoyed the olives there. I know. The pit was a little bit annoying, but the taste was right on point. No, you're... you're... <laughs> Hunter remind, remembers, like, me stealing all the olives that they give out before dinner. <laughs> yes. Hunter, what was your favorite food from Spain? Um, I would say probably... Oh, I don't know. I know I had a favorite drink. Um... <laughs> Tinto <Yeah>. de Verano? <laughs> I don't know. I really love the cerveza alhambra. Oh. I just love it. It's a hoppy taste to me. It tastes similar to an IPA to me. I love it. You don't like the cerveza alhambra, Angela? I don't like IPAs. <gasps> I don't love hoppy beer. I like more like pale ale. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> oh, I know. This might ruin our friendship. <laughs> oh. My drink of choice over there, though, is 100% Tinto de Verano or Vino Blanco Semi Dulce. Every time. It's really good. So good. Have you been able to find Tinto de Verano here? No, no. But I can't say I haven't made it. (laughs) Oh, did it taste similar? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, not quite the same because I think my red wine is just not that high quality. Yeah. But, yeah, no. It it definitely, like, brings up memories. I think the sweet white wine more than anything because I just kept ordering that all the time. So now when yeah. I buy, like, Trader Joe's Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> I'm like, oh, kind of tastes similar. Sort of. Not really, but. <laughs> I, think, I think the ambiance definitely gives it that final kick. Like, oh, now it tastes like it. <laughs> totally, totally. What I miss the most, Hunter, in our little place over there with Pepe, our waiter. You remember? Uh, oh, I don't want to miss that place because I'm scared that guy's going to be there at the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Angela, did, did Hunter tell you about this one story? So Yeah, what uh, happened at the bar? We were we were at this place that we always go to um, in, over that um, in the tourist, tourist street. Mm-hmm. So they have like tapas and all that. And uh, Hunter and I were sitting just eating tapas and getting drinks. And then suddenly this really drunk guy in the bar, and he was old. He was like cane old, you know, has a cane. 
and uh Kane old that's funny <laughs> and so uh he, he comes over here and he was like talking to hunter and he had like really thick accent he was like basically saying that he wanted to buy hunter for the night or something and then uh hunter whenever he's nervous you know that southern charm you just say yes <laughs> like peace and then I was like, Hunter, say no, Hunter, say no. And then I had to get the an, another waiter to come by and like kick him out and everything. And I was like, Hunter, he was trying to buy you from the night. And he was like, Sorry, I was just nervous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I so embarrassing. I wish I was there for that. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Oh guys. Yes. Guys, back to the food. Uh I was in Introduced to my favorite fruit ever, and it's called a chirimoya. I actually showed it to you. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good fruit. How would you describe that to the listeners? Uh, I would describe it as a, um, let's say, a pina colada taste with mm. uh, like a hint of apple. <laughs> oh, interesting. You know, Hunter. <laughs> of apple. <laughs> Hunter, you mentioned the fruit. What does it look like? Because I know the word, but, like, what does it look like? Like, is it, like, an apple like, shape? It looks kind of, like, similar to a pear, but it's, like, ribbed on the outside. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, uh, oh, my gosh. Have you tried any rare fruits while you were there? Um, no. I stayed pretty vanilla. Like, <laughs> I bought, let's see, I bought mangoes from the store a lot. Heather and I ate a lot of pineapple, like, <laughs> we oh, yeah. ate a lot of pineapple, and we tried to, um, although you're not supposed to pick them, we tried the, like, mandarins, the Granada, like, mandarins on the trees. Oh, they're so bitter. Terrible. Yeah. They're so beautiful and just look like the most picturesque, beautiful orange, and they're awful. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's like, um, you can differentiate it by the leaves. So, like, if the leaf has, like, one other little leaf before the big leaf, it's bitter. But if it doesn't, then it's sweet. Interesting. I wonder if it's, like, a maturity thing, like, how ripe the fruit is or how mature oh, the no, tree it's is. A, it's a different, like, um, breed, I guess. Like, huh. a different type of orange, yeah. So interesting. Maybe, like, birds don't eat them. And that's why they're so, like, they look so pretty. They're always so upkept and, like, beautiful. Yeah. Or, or, like, if they were sweet, I would definitely be that person who would just take one every day. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. How could you resist? <laughs> totally no. couldn't. Uh, do you know any, like, uh, weird, do you like, like, weird fruits? Like, well, everyone finding out about the jackfruit now, right? I know. I love jackfruit. Yeah. So uh, good. I, my favorite thing about jackfruit is the seeds. The seeds roasted, oh, they taste so good. Are they really? Interesting. Yeah, no, I buy, I'm kind of lazy with it. I buy the green young jackfruit like in the can from Trader Joe's and I'll make like oh, yeah. jackfruit pulled pork with it. So I guess I don't really use it as the fruit. It's more of like a substitute or just kind of filler yeah, <laughs> for flavor. Yeah. But if you do cut into it, make sure you oil your knife because the inside is like latex. <laughs> whoa it gets sticky everywhere and i made that mistake once and it was horrible to clean <laughs> i wonder who thought look at this big spiny huge thing let's cut into it and let's try it yeah yeah <laughs> but as far as as far as weird fruit goes i'm pretty basic really 
Yeah, like I'm. Branch out. I'll give you. I'll give you a list of weird fruits that are my favorite. Yeah, please do because I like every week I buy blueberries and bananas. Like that's, <laughs> that's oh, what I like. Vegan banana bread. I use it all the time. Do you really I do, do it like it? Yes. <sighs> It is the best recipe. You should definitely give it, like, at the end of this episode or whatever. And um, I'll put it in the description. <laughs> okay, great. It's, uh, what's it called? Because I'll make it, and then a whole bunch of people, like, will come over, uh, like, come in the backyard for my, um, for my, like, my dad's friends or whatever, and they hate vegan food because they're very big meat eaters. And I'll be like, oh, like, try this banana bread. Like, try it. And then they're like, oh, wow, this is, like, the best banana bread I've ever had. And I was like... <laughs> wow it even fooled the texans the full texans yeah i'm trying to convert them i'm trying to convert them wow right. my goodness so, no but my favorite fruit has to be pomelos have you Ooh, tried them i've heard of them i've never tried Girl, them you gotta try it you gotta try it it's like uh they're citrus grapefruit yeah they are citrus and they're giant they're they like bigger than my hand <laughs> yeah wow interesting i will have to i've tried oh i've tried a persimmon and i don't really love persimmons oh uh you need to make sure it it's because it takes a while to ripen after you cut into it so you can't like eat it directly really yeah so the more you let it ripen the more sweet it gets katya's a fruit whisperer (laughs) (laughs) i really yeah i love my fruit (laughs) that's hilarious my gosh hunter what about you honestly didn't really like branch out with fruit until, <laughs> Sp- until spain actually but i've been trying to incorporate more uh more fruits into like my diet like this week i started making like smoothies and like trying to get like incorporate like spinach and kale and stuff into it because i feel like i've been very bad recently in like my diet and stuff and like i can eat spinach and kale when like the taste is diluted so i've like really like this week developed a knack for uh, like smoothies and stuff and incorporating those fruits into them it's definitely a good way to get your fruits for sure and veggies oh yeah i love kale my go-to smoothie is banana blueberry spinach and a little bit of oat milk Ooh. I've really good. Wanted, like, i always wanted to try oat milk but i heard that it's very like thick people say that and i don't think so like i think it's fine i don't know and i'm i'm usually like a texture person so something like that would bother me and i just buy like the trader joe's oat milk or the califia farms califia farms Uh, is a little bit better yeah they do almond milk all the time yeah no and it's it's pretty good and i like it in coffee because they don't sell I haven't found an oat milk that's unsweetened, so I'll just put that straight in my coffee and it's, like, sweet enough for me, which is cool. Oh, and speaking of, like, alternatives, we were just talking about plant-based chicken nuggets. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, um, like, meat alternatives, if they're better, if they are just, like, their own thing or if they mock what real meat is. And Katya's on the team of them being their own thing. (laughs) Of, uh, oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, uh, the Morningstar Buffalo Wings, they're super good, they taste like Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets, you know, but that doesn't really taste like chicken either, you know? <laughs> well, but for what I recall, that I haven't eaten meat in, like, eight years, you know? And, uh, those I like a lot, but I always feel bad about the plastic that it comes in, you know, yeah. it's very, like, big plastic, it's not recyclable, 
Um, but apparently, like, Pizza Hut, I saw on TV, they were, like, doing this alternate sausage that was completely plant-based, and they put it on the street. But I feel like if you tell people that it's, like, plant-based or vegan or, like, vegetarian, like, they do tend to shy away from it. It's like, oh, I don't like it. It's not, like, the real thing. You know what I mean? But plants have, or, like, where are you getting your protein from, which I hear all the time, all the time, like, legumes, okay, like, uh different kinds of peanut butter and lots of it (laughs) what did you say i said peanut butter and lots of it on my end for me it's chickpeas i have Mm. a little obsession about chickpeas not enough for therapy yet but (laughs) i need your roasted chickpea recipe oh yeah oh i should probably make it today and i'll like send you a little video please like how you season it Mm -hmm. yeah no, they're so good. I went to a local restaurant here in Burlington, and they do a vegan Caesar salad, and their, like, kind of crouton alternative was roasted, like, crunchy chickpeas, and they were so good. Fantastic. Like, I need to make some. Yeah, I do love chickpeas. Super good. <laughs> I've always wanted to make falafel. Heather um, loves falafel. Yeah, all the, what's the Mediterranean food? or what's it called Arab food I don't know how to call it yeah like yeah I think Mediterranean is yeah sufficient the best over there it's very like healthy natural yeah or especially after the day after the club whenever you know trying to get out of bed I would I would think of the french fries and they put (laughs) french fries uh like tahiti tahiti sauce like the yogurt Mm. thing on top and uh, some spicy sauce that would definitely get me out of bed (laughs) wow patatas bravas in spain those were good i got behind those i miss granada i don't i really wanted to go to barcelona Mm -hmm. that would definitely be one of the other places i would want to visit but they don't speak spanish there not really no catalan (laughs) if y'all could go anywhere right now where would you go? What about you, Hunter? Um, right now, I would probably go... I don't know. I've really been craving the beach right now. I don't know. I just need some more sunshine and warm weather in my life right now. I'm already, like, tired of the cold. Hunter's in Indiana, a landlocked state, so he's suffering <laughs> over there. <laughs> Come visit. There's lots to do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I would want to go back to Guatemala. I just haven't been there in a while. I miss it a lot. Yeah. Oh. I am on board with both of those. An island and a beach. <laughs> Any Anywhere with water. Like, honestly, if I could probably go anywhere, it'd be, like, Spain. Somewhere in it. Maybe Alicante yeah. for a change. I would definitely want to take my mom around and show her the Alhambra and the oh. Mirador de San Nicolas. I know. Oh, my gosh. Right down the street of the, the Residencia, he closed down right before the pandemic hit. I'm like, at least he got to save his money, you know? Yeah. And, but I was like so sad I'm never going to taste his empanadas again. <laughs> I keep thinking about Mohammed's smoothie and tea shop. He would say hi to me every single day if he saw me. Yeah, they're just so sweet over there, you know? They're just really... And like, a oh, sense, yeah. yeah, and a woman I hiked with who I had a conversation with her for maybe 15 minutes. 
she saw me on the street walking to class and like came up to me and was like Angela, Angela, like que tal what's up and we had another conversation i'm like how did you recognize me you remember me <laughs> i saw you a week ago <laughs> just oh, the personability yes uh do you remember pilar yes i remember pilar yeah she she messaged me the other day and like she said that like she's still been like baking every day and she's been staying open her normal hours and stuff you stay in touch with her oh yeah we message each other on whatsapp so i'm just like wishing each other the best and health and stuff like that so oh hunter that's amazing that would like make me cry <laughs> no of like staying in touch Oh, did Katya never go to that bakery? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I feel like oh, I went to so many bakeries. that you guys always went to? Yeah, the bakery, she made, like, two pastries and a couple chocolates that are vegan. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it, but, yeah, I haven't been Oh, there. my gosh, it was so good. Sweet Hunter, you still text her. <laughs> Hunter's always a sweetie. <laughs> he is a charmer. Oh, my gosh. She was so sweet. For a little bit, I kept up with our cleaning lady that we had at our apartment. Every time. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, if I'm in a meeting, if I'm recording, if I'm just chilling. All the time. <laughs> going by. God bless our medical workers right now. They're going through a lot. Yeah. No, yeah. they really are. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? For Starbucks, they're actually giving free coffee out for the rest of the year. Oh, be- for the nursing staff, right? Oh, well, people who work in the medical field. Okay, gotcha. Wow. Hunter's going to be slinging free coffees. You want to hear something crazy, Angela? Oh, my gosh. I do. Please. Whenever I was uh, landing in New York, they had had us fill out, like, a survey about, like, COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have to fill it out before you land. And there was literally a National Guard, like, people in army suits, like, everything was just lined up, blocking the area, and you have to show them that you have, like, the green check mark in order to pass through. And they, they asked you for, like, personal questions, like, like, have you been tested? Or, like, uh, what's it called? How long are you going to be staying here? Where are you going to be staying here? And, like, all sorts of questions of that. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. That's so people fly. <laughs> no, it's spooky. Like it, it can be intimidating. It is. It was. I, I don't know. For that makes me very anxious. Yeah, like I have no problem complying, but it's like the intimidation factor of like, oh my gosh, like this yeah, person like, wields so much power right now, and I just yeah, have to like give answers. Yeah. yeah. Hunter, so you just finished undergrad, like today. You'll graduate soon, and you're going to grad school. Yeah, so actually we're, of course, I guess everyone in the country is doing this right now, but we're having, like, a slideshow. I think there's, like, 2,000 students, so we had to put a picture and then, like, give a, I think it was, like, you got, like, 100 words or something. So, of course, had to thank the family and the friends and then give a Martin Luther King Jr. quote. So (laughs) Respectable. (laughs) Love it. But yeah, then I actually, so I've been uh, working on campus here in our uh, international office, and uh, I kind of didn't expect things to go this way, and I kind of really had no idea what I was planning to do in the future until this semester, but I kind of developed a relationship with some of my supervisors, and then they kind of, you know, ask if I want to stay around and uh, help help them in the office, so I'm, 
gonna be helping like run the uh, social media account for the international admission side so I'll be trying to help recruit international students to our campus and then also of course I'm gonna be getting a master's degree as well so uh, I'm excited for it you know I, I kind of uh, I'm really I feel like I, when I started college I didn't really take my education serious because I was you know more worried about athletics and stuff like that and you know Lately, I've kind of really started valuing education, and I realize the importance of it. So I'm, I'm excited. I hate that I'm staying here in Southern Indiana, but I feel like this may be the best investment for me for the the long term. So, yeah, especially if you have a very good rela- relationship with the people in the office, that makes the experience so much more worthwhile, despite the location. Right, right, exactly. And like, and I think in the long term too, just being able to build a, a, report, a repertoire with them will, uh, a rapport with them will help me like in the long term, like when I go looking for jobs in the future and stuff. Definitely. I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy well, for thank you. you. It's so going to be so uh, cool. What's your guys' semester looking like in the spring? Katya's, give us the deets. Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I am going to be graduating in the spring, air quotes, uh, because, um, what's it called? I'm pre-med, but I'm majoring in Spanish because a lot of my volunteer work revolves around me being able to speak Spanish and helping the Spanish community through medicine. And um, I kind of am taking a gap year because of the coronavirus, it didn't really let uh, let me have any time to study for my MCAT during this semester because I literally spend 10 hours a day on my computer finishing all this busy work that my teachers have just upon <laughs> me, right? I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, so I'm basically just going to be cruising this uh, last spring semester, finishing up my um, undergrad, and then... Um, even though I can graduate, I'm not going to put it off because I still need to take orgochem 2 and biochem for uh, med school. Um, and I just want to take those like easy with a lot of time because I'm not very good in chemistry as well as like studying for my MCAT. So that's going to be interesting. But I'm like really happy that I have this next semester kind of going easy because like being in pre-med and doing all these like volunteer activities, I never really had a chance to breathe. And hopefully I'm starting a scribe job that um, that I help doctors like with um, patients um, because I speak Spanish. It's like bilingual scribe job. Like really excited for that to happen. That's super exciting. And is the MCAT like the test that you take to get accepted to medical school? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, what's it called? It has to deal with all the prereqs, like physics, mm-hmm. chemistry, biochem, all of that. So I definitely want to be for my A game. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. That sounds like a, a hefty test for sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like uh, for people who like want to go into medicine, uh, uh, it's actually really funny because uh, while I was in New York, I had to talk to this uh, a family friend about him wanting to go into medicine. But people who wanted to go into medicine, and I'll tell this to anyone, you need to know that you really want to go into medicine because so many others will try to talk you out of it. Like, I hear my parents saying, like, are you sure you want to do it? Like, it's so many years, you know, how much money you're going to invest? And like, but... 
I, I just really love it. There's nothing more rewarding for me than like helping another person like achieve their dreams just through like um, curing their, uh, not necessarily, but like helping them through their sickness, you know? Absolutely. It takes a it takes a selfless person to be a medical professional and to want to invest all of that energy, time, and money into such a rigorous and long school journey. So that's really oh, yeah. that's really commendable. And do you think you want to stay in Texas? You know, it's actually really funny. Uh, I really don't know. Another option might be New York because then I could like. Uh, there's so many people who need help in new york you know i mean granted there is in texas but like like homeless people and like mm-hmm. uh disenfortunate communities so i there would be more uh i guess hands-on opportunities uh volunteer wise because they do need a lot more people there uh so that would be an option but it all boils down to wherever i get accepted <laughs> i can relate to that heavily just like wherever can give me some aid and resources and wherever I get accepted for grad school. Um, Like Katya, I am graduating, graduating, (laughs) probably via Zoom uh, in May uh, with my Bachelor of Science in Early Childhood and L-Ed, which is exciting. And I'm also going straight to grad school, uh, coupled with a full-time position, wherever that'll be or whatever it looks like. So yeah, it's exciting. I've gotten into Middlebury, which is really cool. Northeastern University of Vermont, which is right down the street. And yeah, it's all like a big decision-making process all over again, which is never easy, but hope to make the right choice. I know. At the end, I feel like everything's going to work out. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt in my mind. It's just like the doing it yeah. and the seeing it through. <laughs> I like for me I really wanted to volunteer with like with the medical community like um, well I was supposed to do I had an internship at this clinic in Houston to like uh, to be like a medical assistant because I had my EMT Mm. uh, license and the clinic was a primary resource for medical assistance during the in the Spanish community but because of COVID a whole bunch of volunteer doctors left so they had to close the close the clinic down completely so my heart goes out to all the Spanish families out there who like can't access their primary medical assistance for care and that imagine that's happening so many different places around the United States where like the first stop that people who don't have medical insurance of any kind go to like they're closed down because there's no volunteers Right. It's definitely a national problem for sure. And like a national epidemic of folks in, you know, lower socioeconomic communities or folks whose language, first language is in English. Things of that nature are just disadvantaged by our medical system. And that's so sad to see. But I am thankful every day that I'm in good health and y'all are and we're able to keep going to school and graduate and go to grad school oh yeah I was really surprised how like quickly they kicked us out of um Spain you know what I mean yeah because uh, I know that some people got sick because of like how like they didn't have the resources in order to prevent getting sick and um like being on the plane for that long using the restroom and especially in my flight I remember they were like uh, giving out bread 
like just like in open box just like people would reach in and grab bread I know and I was like we just came from Madrid you know like there were literally people on our flight and there were other like health officials on our flight to monitor people's health and I was just like wow I I just can't I couldn't believe it it was happening and uh, it was just literally crazy (laughs) Well, I remember when I picked up Ryan at the airport the week before we all had to go home, there was a flight coming into Granada from Rome, and Rome was like one of the first really severe hotspots for COVID in like the West, and I was just beside myself. I was like, I don't even want to be here. And thinking back, knowing that I wasn't wearing a mask and I didn't have a mask for my flight home to JFK like I didn't wear a mask no I know but like I didn't I didn't know half my flight wasn't wearing it yeah like thinking back about that like oh my gosh and I didn't get sick knock on wood oh my gosh dang that's crazy thinking about now like I can't believe you really didn't wear a mask and there were people sick on my flight same literally same like yeah, but I didn't use the restroom. I, like, I didn't drink water the whole entire time, like, going there to, just because of that reason. Just drying out, like, as you're sitting there, like, I'll get I'll get to Houston in one piece. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. Hey, it's a method, but it works. <laughs> it does. It does for sure. It's just like, yeah, that's that's okay. actually crazy because, like, when I was leaving Granada, like, the the people in charge of our flight or whatever, like, the flight attendant and stuff, like, told us that, like, they never had this issue before, but, like, there was a shortage of water on our flight, so, like, there wasn't going to be uh, bottled water, and we couldn't use the restroom, so he was like, if you don't want to fly, you know, you don't have to, you can stay, but if, you know, you're fine with that, then you can go ahead and fly. Just like, well, we're about to be in the middle of a pandemic, I think I should probably get going, whether there's <laughs> water on this flight or not. <laughs> That's wild. I literally drank one of like this bottle 32 ounces i drink like four or five of these a day and you know how much flying dehydrates you that would be like a real dilemma for me to make that choice of like oh my gosh do i get on a flight where i have no water or do i like look for other options during a pandemic well hunter that gave me anxiety just thinking about that well see and also i was worried as well like i wanted to like leave and stuff but like I have like this clotting disorder too so like I just like kind of felt like it was a bad idea but like then again I didn't really want to stay there because like I knew how at that point like there wasn't many opportunities for flights out like you know yeah. there especially were you had that like, thing with your school too or like you had to leave on a certain day right yeah they were like setting deadlines and stuff which I think your school was like a little bit after mine like telling you guys to come home yeah I literally packed and left <laughs> No, we all did. My gosh. I know um, one girl in our program was there for like another one or two weeks after we all went home. Yeah, that was wild. My gosh. You didn't go anywhere. Like they find you if you step foot out of your apartment. Yeah. Like the police were out. I would get messages from like my friends who are locals and they'd be like, yeah, we're under lockdown. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because the day after Hunter left, it was, like, just me and Megan. We were like, okay, let's just, like, go and see how, like, everything's doing. And you know in Granada, there is not one second when there is not at least, like, ten people on on a street. Oh, yeah. No, never. And it was completely empty. It looked like a ghost town. And we went to the Mirador de San Nicolas at least one more time, and Mm -hmm. it was just empty. 
just desolate. Oh my god. Yeah, it was eerie. It was spooky. But I can only hope to go back one day when everything is is normal Um, again. Have you heard that one song that I think her name's Maria Cardman wrote and yeah that was a beautiful song a beautiful tribute to our time and yeah in spain yeah brought me to tears (laughs) (laughs) you don't gotta know that (laughs) you remember the um like the compilation song or whatever that the clma professors put together of like that song that made me cry (laughs) (laughs) they were just really the sweetest people and the as teachers like they really cared about us and you can feel it oh yeah 100 percent. it was so fun to talk about our time abroad together that this one experience we happened to be in granada at the same time brought us together and now we're like very far apart from each other but it's always so good to maintain connections like this So thanks, Hunter and Katya, for joining me on iStatement this week. I hope to have you both back in the future, and I know that my listeners will love hearing from both of you. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Like, we really appreciate it. It was was really nice to, like, talk again. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much as well. I'm very much a fan of the iStatement. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. You have to be. You're my friends. (laughs) 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 Gotta support no matter what. (laughs) No, oh my gosh. Well, thank you both so much for coming on. And my listeners, I hope you have a fantastic day, week, hour, minute, wherever you are, wherever you're at. And I will see you next Monday. (laughs) 